0: Welcome to the Lift Big Eat Big Show. I think we're on episode twelve now, talking about how to get big guns biceps. is pretty much what everyone goes to. I, I, I have to say, it's probably the first exercise you ever did when you walked into the gym was a bicep curl. Maybe not you, Mona. but No, yeah, I was going to say us, I
1: think it's guys, not so yeah, much for girls.
0: us. The biceps was the number one thing we did in the gym, but a lot of people get stuck. Uh, with their biceps growth so we're going to run through exactly how you can bust through any biceps plateaus how you can get huge guns we talked about triceps last week now we've got biceps this week obviously we have Commonwealth two times world's strongest man competitor and well new zealand's strongest man masters in sport and exercise science we have mona up there six times karate world champion crossfit games athlete and also commonwealth medalist african champion olympic weightlifting so plenty of experience on the show today to talk biceps also remember in the lift, Pick, Eat, big underground, all the programs are in there. You can check that out on the and you can get, be part of our private community and everything there, but we're talking biceps and we have some practical information. We have some research to share all sorts of stuff there, everything in between. We're not just gonna talk research and what happens there. We also have our own experiences from training athletes, clients, and ourselves over decades, uh, for growing the biceps, but. It's important that we start with a little bit of anatomy when it comes to biceps. So we know exactly how to train them. And when we talk biceps, we'd say bi because of two, like triceps is three, biceps is two. So two muscle heads or two main muscle heads, the long and the short head. And that'll be your main bicep muscles up the front. And that primarily hit using a supinated grip. So a palms up, a palms up position, like you're doing a dumbbell curl or a barbell curl. That is how you're going to maximally target those biceps muscles now importantly biceps are also biarticular so we talked about biarticular muscles as well last week so essentially a muscle that crosses two joints that has two muscle actions so the biceps cross the elbow to help you with elbow flexion which is how most of you will be training the biceps but it also crosses the shoulder and aids a little bit in shoulder flexion so Typically, these biarticular muscles are super, super susceptible to stretch, and they're also, I guess you could say, uh, stimulated very well through, uh, through extreme stretch and load. So think about the hamstrings, think about the triceps doing your overhead extensions, um, your rectus femoris quad muscle, like you're doing a, a reverse Nordic, and then obviously the biceps, uh, being able to extend the shoulder a little to get it behind you and also extend the elbow is going to put those biceps under stretch now there's also more muscles involved around the upper arm as we move down a little bit into the forearm as well we have the brachioradialis and the brachialis so typically we target the brachialis muscle with a neutral grip position so think of your hammer curls that's kind of a deeper muscle under the bicep it's actually our strongest elbow flexor so that is why When you do curls and you do hammer curls, you can handle a lot more weight doing a uh, hammer curl variation versus a supinated palms up position. Now that doesn't mean it only targets the brachialis muscle. You're still getting a lot of biceps, brachii or short head and long head biceps activation with that. And then finally you have a reverse grip or an overhand pronated position uh, with your curls. And typically you're targeting the top of the forearm the brachioradialis muscle, obviously you're still getting some biceps activation, but you're using these reverse curl positions to really nail that top of that forearm position. Um, Obviously when we're doing biceps, we don't want skinny forearms and big upper arms. It doesn't look right. So that's just something to keep in mind. Now, before we dive into some of the recent surroundings, I think it'll be good to actually go into some actual experiences and maybe some of our favorite things. So Colm, do you have, regarding biceps, Are there, is there anything that you typically, I guess, lean towards in terms of biceps training to specifically grow the biceps?
2: Yeah, I think the, um, my first go-to would be making sure the person is doing their compounds. So I find for some reason, well, I guess it makes sense. People tend to like just doing a ton of different curl variations for their biceps um mm. personally like i know i've spoken about it before without um us being a fan of compounds but i am a big fan of the chin up as a nice starter um i feel like if you so what i mean by that is a supinated grip like this doing a, a whether you call it a chin up or pull up you're pulling yourself up if you can't do that you can do it on a lat pull down or an assisted machine but i i really see guys who are wanting to get bigger biceps just neglect They don't worry about their rows. They don't do, you know, their downs or anything like that. They just do a ton of different curls, like preacher curls, regular curls, incline curls, which are all fantastic exercises. But that would be my first step is make sure you're still doing some kind of compound movement. We've spoken before about the benefits of these big multi-joint compound movements. You can use a large load because of that. uh, Because there's so many muscle groups involved, you can progress it uh, week to week nicely. And so if you make sure you're doing those and then do your curls, um, you've kind of got all bases covered, make sure you're doing some kind of kill that involves a stretch. So I, I'm a big fan of the incline kill. It's probably one of the mm. like, first exercises I ever did. I think I saw it in a flex magazine and, um, <laughs> I actually hate doing it. I, for some reason, biceps are one of the muscles I don't like training the most. Uh, whereas triceps I love, but, um, yeah, they give me a massive burn. The incline kills, I like using them yeah. with clients. I like using them with strong men as well because, uh, just to go back, uh, an example of compounds, most strongmen tend to have pretty big arms. Like if you look at World Strongest Man, a lot of them have massive arms. A lot of the stuff we do in strongmen involves the bicep, but in a compound movement. So, for example, Atlas stones, um, pretty much any sandbag carry, like pick up, there's pretty much anything you're picking up. Um, so despite strongmen not doing endless curls all day, they tend to have – a large, a large amount of muscle mass because the biceps are used to aid in those moves. Um, but yes, absolutely, still do the curls. So incline curls I like for strongman because it puts the bicep under a nice stretch, which you don't necessarily get from strongman movements. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention, just regards to strongman, is I follow the line of thought that you don't necessarily want your biceps to be the overpowering factor let's say you're going to lift stones right and you've got a ridiculously strong bicep curl you pride yourself on having a super strong bicep curl because i guess you just like bicep curls you can <laughs> kill hundreds of kgs or 100 kgs let's say and then you go to stone do stones um stones can put your bicep tendon in a compromised position and if you're used to using primarily your bicep um I follow the line of thought. It's likely, more likely that you're going to end up with that tear opposed to still training your biceps, still strengthening the tendon, but making sure you're lifting primarily with that upper back, using your arms more as hooks. Um, Hopefully that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But yeah, same deal. Like if, think of it like if you're doing a barbell row, you don't want your biceps doing all the work. You still want your upper back to be working. You want a bit of uh, movement in those shoulder blades and the biceps are assisting that movement.
0: Yeah. And Mona, you don't often see weightlifters or even crossfitters doing biceps curls unless they're just looking to do some something for fun, right? Is there any value for training the biceps within weightlifting and or crossfit?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. And I mean speaking from an Olympic weightlifting point of view, like you mentioned, it's not really something that you will see a lot of weightlifters do, although nowadays you actually do see a lot more training these kind of movements. And that's more like for joint health. Um, But in weightlifting, even though the biceps isn't the primary muscle that you will train, um, it's still a really important muscle because when you do all your pulls, um, you need to, those are the muscles that get activated. Um, And at the end of the day, like, you know, even though you won't go and do bicep curls or something like that to um, actually become a better weightlifter um it's just in those actual movements they will work so like what Colm was mentioning like the compound your compound movements um so especially in weightlifting when you do like your snatch pulls or you do your clean pulls even when you do your cleans those are really important movements because at the end of the day your bicep will work as well although in weightlifting we don't emphasize you to keep your arms tense at the bottom you want to often you want to keep your arms as relaxed as possible but when the athlete gets or passes the knee with a barbell and you have to aggressively pull yourself under the bar that's also more where the bicep will come into play by pulling yourself under the bar um now again in weightlifting you don't see a lot of people with big biceps and that's just the way they train um but then I have seen athletes come to me with bigger biceps that came from sports like bodybuilding or maybe they come from other sports where they just wanted to train biceps, even just rugby, for example. Um, But the thing is a lot of these athletes with these bigger biceps end up actually battling a bit more in weightlifting just because it puts you in a compromised position, especially when it comes to the clean. So if you have a big if you've got big biceps and you do the clean and you battle with mobility issues, that's one of the things that I tend to see. Um, then obviously you have to do a lot more work to get the athlete mobile to be in a really strong position. Um, that's why, again, you won't see weightlifters with really big biceps because it's not going to help their weightlifting at the end of the day, even though it is trained when you do your movements, um, you know, like your pools, etc. But then one of the things that Colm actually mentioned that um, I am also a really big fan of, uh, especially when it comes to CrossFit training, and this is something that I emphasize, um, I emphasize quite a lot on with my athletes and with myself when I trained was the chin-ups. Um, and again, that's just a really good exercise to build those biases, build like just a really strong um, pool in general. And that again, it's not just going to help you when you do any uh, bar work, like pull-ups, etc. It's going to help you with things like your bar muscle-ups and your ring muscle-ups. Um, so athletes will even, when it comes to progression of those movements, they'll often do not just chin-ups on a bar, but you'll do um, ring pull-ups, for example. So those are, that's also another bicep exercise that I enjoy when it comes to doing CrossFit. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm now a lot more of a fan of, the bicep curls, just because I'm <laughs> training a bit more physique. Um, and one thing that I've had to learn because this is not something that you really understand well when you come from weightlifting, and that is even though your mind muscle connection is really good in weightlifting and you have to be explosive and your timing has to be on point, um, when it comes to doing slower movements like the bicep curl, I Battled in the beginning to get that mind muscle uh, body control um, and actually just feeling my biceps work with my bicep curls because I would just go through the motion or do the movement how I would do it as a weightlifter and being a bit more explosive. But now I actually have to feel the muscle, um, which took a bit more time because it is a whole different way of actually doing the movement than before. But um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, personally, not a massive fan of training your biceps or even the triceps. I'm more legs and a back kind of girl. Um, <laughs> but I know to balance the body out, you have to do it.
0: Yep. And if your goals are physique related, train those damn arms. Um, if we go into some of the biceps research. So it's interesting that it's um it's been some follow-up studies that have been published in 2023 as well. But essentially looking at the preacher curl and a lot of – a lot of them use the partial range of motion, so bottom half partials versus top half partials, and what they're finding is the bottom half partials leading to more muscle growth and uh, larger increases in one RM bicep or preacher curl strength compared to top half partials. So what they're saying is from that, okay, training at long muscle lengths or long muscle lengths in quotations, even though it's the bicep isn't fully lengthened, but as lengthened compared to the top half partial leads to better muscle growth. And we know that longer muscle length training is typically better for, uh, muscle growth. Obviously we talked about last week, you know, you can't just, you can't just do long muscle length training through all every exercise. And that's what you're going to do. And somehow that's superior to other things you're doing. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in the real world. I think the other thing with these studies is I'm sure you, uh, Colm, you've probably done a bunch of preacher curls too, hopefully. And I know Mona's been doing preacher curls recently, but if you're doing the top half of a preacher curl, you have no tension through a lot of that. Yeah. Because once you get to the top, your arm's vertical. Remember, the line of gravity comes straight down, so there's no real moment arm of your forearm to really add tension to the biceps. So you're getting peak tension in the preacher curl when your forearm is parallel with the floor, and you only get that in the bottom half partial. You know, in these studies. So that's just something to, uh, I guess, mull over when when you're t- looking at the, any of this research. Um, as well regarding biceps training, um, but overall, when we're talking, let's talk exercises. We've we've mentioned the chin up. Obviously, that's I think that's one of all of our favorites. I think that's one people neglect when they're thinking biceps, especially weighted chin ups. If you can already pump out, say, ten reps of chin ups, add plates on there. Do sets of mm. five. I like to do five to six reps on the weighted chin up if you're looking um, at building mass. You c- you can also modify the chin up to target the biceps more than the back so instead of pulling your chest to the bar and pulling your elbows to your ribs you can like pull yourself around the bar like you're doing a barbell curl but with your body weight so that's like some small modifications but typically you want your hands narrow a narrower grip so it should be like shoulder width or just inside shoulder width when you're targeting biceps with chin-ups but obviously we have the king of all bicep exercise and that is the barbell curl and people will i think people have been poo-pooing curls and stuff because it's not low muscle length etc but man if you can load the, uh, the barbell curl and hit reps on that that will blow your biceps up like nothing it's just important that when you're training uh, supinated and neutral grip uh, bicep curls try and have your shoulders Position back. You want to kind of stay upright with your shoulders back, so then you can at least get a little more stretch on the biceps at the bottom. If you're doing reverse curl stuff, you can be bent over; it's fine because the brachioradialis only spans over the elbow, and that's what you're targeting there. So you don't have to have that same position. But with these uh, barbell curls and things, you want to have that upright position when you're doing it. Um, and you can level up the the barbell curl as well, adding fat grips. My favorite, making it like a fat bar. You get the forearm activation and wrist activation with it as well. Um it's just that's just one of my go-tos. It's so simple. All you need is a barbell and some plates. You don't need any cable station setups. Even the cable is nice, but you don't need any setups like that. You can do it if you have a home gym as well. I don't know if, if the barbell curl is something you use Colm at all. If you have other curl variations you like to use them instead.
2: Yep. Uh, I definitely like the barbell curl. Um these days, like because I'm training a lot of strong men guys and girls, um, I tend to just have that dumbbell incline curl in as an assistance move for the sake of the stretch Mm. um but yeah as just a general like tool i am the same i love the barbell curl with the fat grips um i like doing them as well myself like as much as i hate training biceps i actually love (laughs) fat bar like sometimes i'll grab the farmer's handles because they tend to be fat and just Mm. use that nice easy setup um Otherwise, one I've been playing around with a little bit, mainly for general population clients in person, is the, just doing some curls on the TRX. Um, yeah. I'm actually quite liking that one, uh, but that's more for uh, kind of a class-type situation so we don't have to worry about changing loads and it's nice nice and easy, but yeah. the you can get a massive pump from that. Um, the other curl, like regular barbell curl that I implement, I do implement this one a bit, I suppose, is the classic... Uh, it's a little bit Rosar and see, but the the old poundstone curl. Have you done this? Right. So you, Which one's it's that just, one? So it's, uh, he calls it the poundstone curl, but it's just basically as many reps as you can with the 45-pound barbell. So let's say you mm. finish your training, you just do as many reps as you can. Let's so say you get up to 50. Uh, yep. The amount of blood, like the pump that you get on your biceps is just crazy. Um, and like we were saying last week about they just feeling good for the elbows. Same thing. Like, uh, you don't need a big weight, Hit some high reps. You're get a massive pump in the biceps and the elbows feel pretty good after. Yeah. That's, that's I, probably the most common one I use. Um, clients enjoy it as well. Cause you get to push a little bit and you just get a massive pump.
0: There's, uh, a, but yeah, there's
2: a trend of doing a hundred rep
0: kills. Remember not too long ago, people doing a hundred rep kills and raises and stuff and not putting the barbell down, just trying to get to a hundred just for a stupid, stupid pump. But there's no way in hell I could do 100 curls with the barbell without putting down like most
2: I've got on 100. The most I've got got was 50. um, And I found that hard as, and that was after multiple weeks of doing it. Um, But like we've said before, I wouldn't, don't replace your heavy training with just the empty barbell as many reps as you can. It's a nice little tool in addition to the other stuff. But ultimately it's not the biggest load um so you want to be using those other exercises to progress
0: yeah for sure and and obviously you mentioned the dumbbell incline curl. I love that at the end of training just because yeah. it puts that under a load of stretch like like typically like dumbbell pullover will give you a load of stretch on the lats and then obviously the over tricep essential stretch the triceps and then the dumbbell incline curl will stretch the biceps especially if you've done been doing a few biceps uh, exercises or sets before that and you get that tightness in the bicep, this is something that can help you there. Especially, especially in sports, like you mentioned with strongman, when you have your arms around a, a stone and being in that shortened bicep position or the tire, and then obviously in um, martial arts, often you're in that shortened bicep position often or grappling, um, it's a good way to lengthen the bicep there. And it ends up being you know a way to potentially reduce the risk of injury because you're able to lengthen the bicep through load. So it's, it's one of those ones you can kind of keep in your training. I guess year-round depending on your, on your sport or whatever your goals are but one i have been doing semi recently as well is so the reverse curl is kind of awkward i think a lot of people avoid the reverse, the reverse curl one because you don't feel such a big pump in the at, in the upper arm and the biceps you feel it more in the forearms which is kind of where you're targeting but two it can be awkward to do like with a straight bar it just kind of doesn't feel right it's hard to keep your elbows tucked and the wrists feel a little funny With the easy bar, I guess it's a little better. You can do it with an easy bar, but it still doesn't feel really good. Um, I find it feels best on cables, but what I've done recently is with bands and having the bands basically attached in front. So it'll be like kind of at uh, stomach or chest height and then having my arms extended fully out in front and curling to my head, reverse curl. And holy shit, that lit my forearms up like crazy because obviously the tension's greatest when you're at that peak contraction. And it's just like I haven't felt a pump like that on top of my forearms and forever. Then so that exercise is something that's potentially worth trying for anyone who's maybe looking to add reverse curls to their training. And I think it's important to at least do them, you know, if you're doing a lot of biceps, it's worth doing reverse curls, you know, once a week or so because it kind of balances out the forearm. You spend a lot of time gripping and then working, I guess, the, the elbow or the wrist flexes and things like that, but you don't really get the top of the forearm often um all those wrist extensors so it just can help balance out and potentially reduce your risk of uh, developing elbow pain as well kind of like the uh, finger openings you can put rubber bands around your fingers and and do those that's another way you can uh, i guess develop those wrist and finger extensors to mitigate any elbow wrist pain that could happen from doing maybe a lot of biceps or a lot of grip type work with that Um, obviously we have Preacher curls, as well, we talked about the preacher curl, bottom half, top half. You kind of need special equipment, or as Mona has been doing recently, one arm on an incline bench for a one-arm dumbbell preacher curl. Uh, again, the tension's pretty insane down the bottom. I don't know. If, I don't know if you use preacher curls at all, Colm. Uh, if that's something that you never so use, in much training? With,
2: yeah, um, like I do with general population because uh, they seem to love it, <laughs> but um, not so much with the strongman guys. But for myself, I have also done quite a bit uh, with previous muscle tear in the bicep. So doing that single arm preacher curl on the incline bench allows me to hit each arm individually quite nicely in a controlled manner. Um, but yeah, it's a say it's, it's definitely an exercise I would have in my repertoire, but it's not always, uh, I, I'm always thinking strongman first, so it's not yeah. my number one for strongman, but I'd, I'd Absolutely general population. And depending on your goal, it's a great exercise.
0: Yeah. Money, you got something there.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, um, and I fo- I kind of forgot about this, but, um, do you remember when we trained on, um, the, for- not the force plate, um, the flywheel, the flywheel, and I did the bicep curls on the flywheel. That yep. was an insane pump too. And that's um, another level yeah that that was another level and i kind of forgot about it because obviously we haven't had access to a flywheel since um new zealand so flywheel is listening they should send us a flywheel again (laughs) over here in the usa Um, we're gonna uh
0: we're gonna do an episode on the flywheel training it's probably novel or most people probably don't even know what it is but it's yeah it's hectic and um it's made I, its way more to the sporting professional yes, sport population, but to uh,
1: say it, it's become quite popular in weightlifting. So I've seen a quite, quite a few, uh, coaches, high performance coaches here in the <laughs> US using it with their weightlifting athletes. So that would definitely be an interesting, uh, topic to cover just because you can train everything with. Yeah. All right. Flywheel. We'll tee that up,
0: but yeah. a quick, a quick brief synopsis on, if you're doing bicep curls on the flywheel, essentially it's the resistance isn't, isn't created through load. So you're not adding weight to it. It's a, it's a disc that spins and you're basically going off rotational inertia. So the faster you pull it up, the faster it comes back down. So, or I should say it's equal. So when you, when you're pulling the strap up with a curl, you're getting equal force being produced on the way back down. So you're having to resist that, but there's no dead spots. So if you think of a curl, uh, where you curl it up and then obviously down, it gets hard and then it gets easier and easier and easier or even the other way around it kind of gets easier at the top but with the flywheel you get the constant tension all the way through so it's hard to all the way down so it's pretty crazy and you, you just get a, a stupid pump when you're doing it and then obviously you can do different things to overload the eccentric part of the the lift and all sorts of things so lots of different things but we can jump into that uh on another episode as well regarding flywheel but let's talk but, sets and reps oh you got I just want to mention before getting back to the podcast I want to let you know that down in the description is a link to the lift big eat big underground Within that, you get access to all our training programs, online courses, and into our private Discord community, where all three of us are in there to help you with whatever it is with your training. Regarding the programs, we have Mona, who's done all of the weightlifting cycles. We have Colm, who's done the Strongman off-season and Strongman competition programs. Then we have all the hallmark of big training programs, Pump Dragon, Flanks Method, and many more. And I've also added muscle building specialization programs within that and are continually to update and add training programs into our app. You also get access to Mona's weightlifting mastery online course, and you get to join these calls live in the audience where you can ask members only question and answers at the end of each episode. So if that sounds like you go down in the description, there's a link there to the Lift Underground, and that'll give you access to everything I just mentioned.
1: Did you guys mention um, like cable curls or like rope curls?
0: Briefly, yeah, speaking. I know you're, you're a fan of those, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I was going to say that or like easy buckles. And again, um, I I like those because as, as a female, like it's not a muscle group that I would always train, but now that I'm doing a bit more physique stuff and focusing on obviously doing the movements properly, it's not about going as heavy as I can, but obviously now just getting um, that muscle shape. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan because you can go really light, and obviously do a lot more repetition um but then uh yeah i tend to feel that in the biceps also a lot more and it's just because of my sport that i've done and again just coming from a sport where it's so um you're so explosive and you have to be so fast doing your movements slow and focusing on the concentration of it um that was something that i felt like the rope uh, curls and the easy bar curls was a bit easier for me to start to feel the biceps
0: yeah one of the things that some people might struggle with with straight bars is wrist pain so mm-hmm. if you do have wrist pain when you're doing say barbell curls use easy bars and dumbbells instead you don't have to do barbell curls it's just relatively simple piece of equipment to use but yeah it can often cause wrist or elbow pain if you have some so just bear that in mind and and use different tools if you're going to do kills with that but if we look at if we start talking sets and reps there's one thing with biceps from my experience i don't know if you guys have felt the same that i feel doesn't work and i think well, i mean we talked about the ultra high rep stuff but typically i won't do high high reps with biceps and i've i don't know what it is like with triceps i'll do like 10 to 20 reps and i'll often go in that 15 to 20 rep range but with biceps i won't i will very rarely hit the 15 to 20 rep range i feel like i feel like they do better and grow better and they're like 8 to like 12 rep range something that's a little heavier so i'll do my barbell curls of like typically of 8 to 10 reps and then if i'm going to do dumbbell variations i'll do you know 8 to 12-ish or 10 to 12-ish reps um i don't yeah, I just, I just don't feel like the higher rep stuff does, does enough. You get a, a really big pump, but I don't, know. I don't know if you guys, have, or Colm, if, I mean, we've talked about the, the high, high rep barbell stuff every now and then, but I don't know if that's something you've felt or come across.
2: Uh, actually, very similar to what you said. Like if I was to toss out a simple workout, it would be something like chin-ups with the aiming for the five to six reps barbell curl. 8 to 10, exactly what you said. Yeah. Then I'd go like incline curl. Um, I would maybe go up to 15, depending yeah. on the person. But like 8 to 15 with the goal of being more in that middle range. Um, so like hitting around 10 to 12, something like that. And then those ultra high reps, I tend to mainly use for strong strongmen, um, yeah. just getting some blood into the area. And because by that point in the workout, you're so smashed, you don't want to be going for another big heavy weight. Yeah. Um, so you can just get lots of blood into the area with a nice lightweight, but yeah, with like, I find hitting say sets of 20 on curls, like myself, I would just never do that because I hate <laughs> doing it. Um, I'm, I've, I'm pretty sure I have given some clients 20 set curls every now and again, but that's more because we couldn't do what we would normally do. Like we're working around with, there's some specific, yeah. specific reason that we're doing it um for that week but yeah in general um I I can't explain why it is maybe it's just a burn or how it feels I think so the kind, like the same feels thing like with you supers- can't keep
0: yeah with supersets the same thing like I'll superset triceps exercises like that has been like one of the best things I've done for my transfer like for example supersetting the the line tricep extension with extra range of motion or the PJR pullover with close grip tricep push-ups that will absolutely smash your triceps. It feels great. But if you superset, say, barbell or curls with incline dumbbell curls, for example, yeah. It's like you lose... Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's like you lose some of the tension. I don't know what it is. Like, same thing if you did hammer curl superset with just normal dumbbell curls. It's like... So, yeah, it's just something... It just fatigues so much faster than than your tricep stuff. And I you guess you can't kind of do a compound movement, like a push-up, like with the triceps, you can with the biceps in those situations. But, yeah, it's just it's just not something I've found that does well with supersets and higher rep stuff. So bear that in mind, anyone listening and, and play around with it. But typically, typically like to use lower reps with the biceps. Um, whereas the triceps can have such a longer, a wider rep range.
2: I also am a big fan of that, uh, bicep tricep superset. Yeah. You can like easily do it. It doesn't take long. So if you're short on time, you can get so much work done. Um, and the, yeah, the fatigue crossover is not too much. But yeah, bicep into bicep superset, oh, I just wouldn't even bother. <laughs> You'll just be, uh, be too screwed. much biceps.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you're going to give our listeners a biceps workout, something they can do to smash biceps before they maybe do triceps that day, or maybe they're on an uh, arm specialization, they're looking to just, just do biceps that one day. What have you got for them, Colin?
2: So it would be that I would go, if you're... So two to three sets for each of these. Go to if you're more of a beginner, get what you can out of it, and then you can up it to three over time. If you've been training for a while, you can start with three, but I'd go with those chin-ups. Three sets of, uh, so two to three sets of five to six reps, uh, keeping at least one rep in the tank for now. Um, then I would go with the basic barbell curl. You can do this on an easy bar. If the, like if your wrists are an issue with a straight bar, Eight to 10 reps relatively heavy um just a point on that with when i say heavy i don't mean personally i'm not the biggest fan of cheat curls yeah so when i say heavy i mean still do it strict um i just mean heavy and that the load that you'll use for eight to ten is going to be relatively heavy but yeah i definitely do not mean use momentum so no hips no um raising of the shoulder as you're doing it we want it just on the bicep and then i, I like to finish off with the incline dumbbell curls um that would be a nice starter eight to twelve reps or I would even go eight to fifteen on the incline kills if you really if you mm-hmm. just quite like higher reps, um, but in general on the incline kill aim for like 10 to 12 reps um and then if you wanted to do if you're just the type of person who likes doing some kind of finisher, I would either go with um like a partial range of motion so I haven't experimented too much with it mainly in my own training, not so much with clients, but after that study that you were uh, mentioning earlier, like if you've already done your workout and say you finish your set of incline curls, you could just extend the set a little bit by doing some bottom range partials. Um, If you don't want to do that as a finisher, then the high rep barbell curls. But to be honest, if you're just after size, um, the high rep barbell curl is more a thing for strength athletes who often just have that kind of elbow pain so that's that's the main reason i do that not necessarily for muscle size but again i know people just like finishes they like feeling that burn (laughs) at the end it's a nice safe one to do it's definitely not going to you're not risking a big injury if you're doing as many reps as you can at 45 pounds yeah
0: actually reminded me of um uh, an intensity technique that we use mona with uh we did it with hammer curls you can do with normal curls too but doing that set of eight to ten curls and then finishing well then going straight into eight to ten bottom range partials so if you go heavy enough where maybe you're one or two left in the tank on the eight to ten reps then you do your eight to ten bottom range partials man that is killer and if you do something like that you typically only do that on your last set of the exercise so if you're doing curls three sets on the last set you would do that intensity technique so that's something you can definitely use within your training even more brutal if you do it on the dumbbell incline curl because of the stretch uh If you like pain, you can do that. But no, I like that. And if you're you're looking for, uh, I guess, maybe a workout that covers the different hand positions, you could do something like weighted chin up. You could do that with your neutral grip or you could do that with your uh, underhand grip, But typically underhand grip if you're focusing on biceps. Again, two to three sets, five to six reps, and you're doing that with weight. Then you can move on, for example, to dumbbell hammer curl. So you have your neutral grip curl. Something like three to four sets of 10. <clears throat> and then if you want, you could do the intensity technique at the end of that if you wanted to. And then you could hit those band reverse curls that I talked about. And these ones you typically do for high reps because it's with a band versus with uh like a barbell load. So, you know, two to three sets of 15-ish to get a super stupid forearm, top of your forearm pump. And then again, as we talked, as we've talked about this whole time, finishing with dumber uh incline curls to get that stretch. And again, you're looking at typically around two sets of 12 and you're just going to you're basically going to do those to failure um because that you're you're going to be smoked after that so yeah those are just some examples of biceps workouts and some exercises that you can use and just some general strategy and ideas around how you can i guess perform the training appropriately so you can actually grow your biceps now regarding trainings training splits calm are you i guess within maybe a powerlifting or strongman program you're not you're not sitting there (laughs) hitting muscle groups as as you're split you're looking more at movements but maybe from a bodybuilding physique standpoint is there a certain split that you would maybe think of or recommend in this situation i mean you're not going to a bro split's not going to do a biceps day you are probably going to do an arm day if this is something that you wanted to do but is there something that that comes to mind regarding training splits
2: Um, honestly, whatever, I feel like they're all pretty good. It's whatever fits their schedule best and they enjoy the most. So if you like, some people just love the idea of an arms day and will be super consistent with it. If you're like that, then I think doing an arms day and doing like those, um, bicep, tricep, supersets, supersets is a good option. Otherwise Mm -hmm. the classic, I think like they can honestly all be great. The classics of back and biceps, So you start off with your rows and pull downs, whatnot, and then do your biceps after or chest and biceps is another way to do it. So you the theory here is that you're um, not going to be fatigued from doing your chest training. So you can dedicate more energy to your biceps and then you can do vice versa back and triceps. Honestly, I think provided there's um, some element of progressive overload over time and the exercises are done so sort of mm-hmm. uh, like correctly i think all of them are pretty good options to be honest yeah
0: yeah i mean if you're training your bike typically if you're prioritizing it training your biceps two to three times a week is more than enough if i mean you can do arm specializations too there are some epic arm specialization programs out there um <clears throat> where you can basically uh your it depends how you do it though like there's you can do kind of full three full body days a week and still specialize in biceps or you can do more bro split style and hit legs once and then you're kind of prioritizing the upper body for the other three or four days. And those are just examples of, of how you can split it up. But, uh, Mona, I think you have some news, uh, around Cuba and the weightlifting that's going on there.
1: Yeah. The Grand Prix just finished now, um, in Cuba and that was another, one of the Olympic qualifiers for the weightlifting, um, which. Again, it was super exciting. I was excited to watch it. Um, It probably wasn't as exciting as the other Olympic qualifiers that I've uh, seen so far. This was also, if there was any athletes who were thinking of trying to go for the Olympics for 2024 and you haven't done any of the Olympic qualifiers, Cuba was the last one to start your Olympic qualification journey with. Um, But what was super interesting for me is although you didn't see a lot of the big, big names in Cuba um, because a lot of them have already competed um, at the continental championships. Um, The thing is there was, there were some big names there, but all they did was weigh in. Um, So they didn't compete. Now how it works for qualification for this competition or for the Olympics 2024, you have to do five international competitions. I'll just give you a quick uh, breakdown on it. And even if, you don't compete in all five, you have to show up. So you have to show up, you have to weigh in, you have to walk on stage, do the introduction. When they call your name to do your lift, you just won't go. Then you withdraw. Um, so that still counts then as you doing the qualification. So you still have to fly to the country. Um, so I saw quite a few big names um that went, their names were on the board and then they ended up just going to the back and doing almost like a warm-up session. Um, and just not going on stage to perform the lifts so I was wanting to see a bit more from these athletes seeing where they are currently at but I also know strategic wise this is probably the best thing that they can do because um, you know trying to push yourself to the limit for five international competitions in a row in such a short period of time obviously athletes have uh, the previous Olympics like didn't even finish that long ago because obviously it was supposed to be in 2020 and ended up moving to 2021. So athletes haven't really had like a real off season. They've just been continuously trading. Um, so being able to do that because they've already put a big total on the board, um, you know, and just showing up doing the way. I think strategic wise, it's probably the best thing that they can do to just make sure that they don't get injured or reach burnout. Um, before the final phase of the Olympic qualifiers.
0: Are there any surprising athletes that are potentially joining the Olympic run? Uh,
1: not at the moment. Um, actually, all the athletes that have been at the top or whose top five are still currently, you know, top five. Um, there hasn't been any like weird surprises. Um, there was one athlete that I saw um the Inside the Games posted about. They mentioned that Lydia Valentin might be going for the next Olympics. Um, I guess time will tell if she qualifies or not. Um, I know she's coming from quite a few injuries, so I'm not quite sure if she will be on form to be top five. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I guess we'll see.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's pretty much everything that's going on in the weightlifting world right now, isn't it? Is there any more drama going on around... Did anything ever come of that USAW Masters thing?
1: No, they kind of like, I won't say they squashed it really quickly. Um, It kind of just, it just went to a dead end. Um, So what's
0: happening? Are there there two actual federations now?
1: So by the sound of it, yes. But I think the last thing that came out was USAW is going to go and take legal action against this new federation that they've created. Because things were not done ethically if you can say so um yeah so in in the world when it comes to drama it's just there's been a lot more athletes that's been tested positive um that's obviously not looking good for weightlifting um you know i don't know yet um i think they are actually supposed the the ioc is supposed to let us know soon if weightlifting is going to be in the olympics for 2028 so i haven't decided So They haven't decided yet. So I think it might be June or July or the end of June or July that they might actually tell us. Um, But other than that, uh, something that's super exciting is we'll be going um, to Colorado next week. So it's going to be the USA Weightlifting Nationals. And honestly, it's because coming from a country where weightlifting is not that big. And I know even for James, weightlifting is not that big in New Zealand. Um, and then going to the USA weightlifting nationals where it's huge. Like I mean, it's it's already starting. I think it's starting on Friday or Saturday of this week, and it's running. I think it might be running for close to two weeks. Um, it's yeah, full on. There's going to be uh, junior athletes, senior athletes. Um, you know, under twenty threes, under twenty fives, all different categories. Um, but yeah, it's a very big competition. Uh, usa takes their or weightlifting nationals for them they take it very seriously um and a lot of the athletes who do really well at nationals are also the athletes who do really well at international competition so the standards are also really really high um so it's amazing to see thousands of athletes competing at nationals having mm. multiple platforms running at the same time it's just such an amazing atmosphere to you know to see and walk in and um i know i'm always um walking in there um, it's nostalgic like i almost feel I, I miss being on the platform i miss competing internationally when i see that but being there as a coach i'm also um you know really honored because it's it it's tough to even qualify for usa weightlifting national so um it's going to be really nice and interesting next week when yeah. we go and to if, Colorado.
0: If there are oh. any podcast listeners or the big, big followers or fans or community members? And you see us there, come say hi. We will be uh, there briefly, I think, for for one of the or a couple of the sessions. Um, so yeah, come say hi. But Mona, with the Ameri- uh, with the nationals, that's um, compared to the American Open. The American Open's uh, much lower standard, correct?
1: Yes, so with the American Open, I mean, um athletes still have to qualify for it, but weightlifting nationals they take a lot more seriously, so the athletes that tend to qualify
2: <laughs> bless you,
1: little one. The athletes who qualify for like you uh for international competitions, USA nationals is one of the big ones where they will go out to try and qualify to make world teams. Um, And make certain international competitions where with the American Open, you won't really find that as much. Um, The American Open is more an opportunity for athletes to still have that whole international experience, can I say? Just because obviously they'll compete against Canada um, just to give a bit of a a different atmosphere um, and different competitors. But it's not as big and is not as exciting as the um, weightlifting nationals of USA
0: yeah yeah of course and com was there anything happening in the strongman powerlifting? I actually saw on youtube the olympic channel was live broadcasting the power powerlifting was at worlds one of the big powerlifting competitions which was interesting because no there was a it was one that was just happening recently i can't remember what the hell it was um but I i haven't California's not in the Olympics, so I don't understand why yeah. the Olympics is live-streaming it.
2: <laughs> well, they've been working really hard at trying to get, like I think I mentioned before, um, like how they've got all those rules on the IPF, which are all kind of geared towards hopefully getting them into the Olympics, when I'm not really sure it's going to happen. At All my spells, for me, like the IOC just strings them along each year, but if they're streaming something, maybe they're getting closer. Yeah, um,
0: it's the world, the World Classic Open. It was.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be cool if it got in the Olympics. Um. But yeah, it's not. It's a weird one. Like in terms of as a fan, watching. Like uh I think I've mentioned before, the rules: you're not allowed to be seen sniffing ammonia. You can't have chalk on your face like uh, Blaine Sumner used to do. You're not meant to do too much yelling or screaming. Like, (laughs) you know, it just gets a bit, it's a bit much. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not the biggest, I prefer the untested if I'm going to be watching it.
0: Um, You want to see the freaks. You want to, you want to watch the animal cage at whatever expo they used to have that at. Sort
2: of, sort of. I, (laughs) I definitely like the top IPF lifters are without a doubt freaks. Um, so I like seeing what they do. But in terms of, like, the, I feel like they're just a little bit restricted. Um, and, like, seeing a guy like Ray Williams, he's such a gigantic dude, or, like, really thick, you know, and then yeah. to force him to use the same bar, the same dimensions rack as everyone else, um, they're bringing in that bench press rule about elbow depth. It's just a bit – I feel like it's just a bit restrictive to the lifters.
0: How do you do the elbow depth if you're if you're actually, like, you hit your chest –
2: yeah, I don't know. How does that, like, how does um, that work? I'm not sure. I haven't – I don't. I also heard that they're bringing out a sumo rule soon or they're having a meeting about sumo uh, to potentially restrict how wide you can stand. No way. Um, but, yeah, to go back to the bench, like a lady with implants or a super heavyweight male, like I don't know what the – like are you going to make them go super high and like touch towards their neck or – I don't dude, know. that is
0: the cheat code. Um, as a chick, yeah. just get boob implants and then you'll be able to to bend yes, uh, shorten your range is... of motion with everyone else. And then if you're a dude, you just gotta get a massive pecs and a massive back, and then you don't have to go as deep.
2: Hmm. Easier <laughs> easier said than done. <laughs>
0: Well, um, if you listen to uh some of our upcoming episodes as well on getting a, a big chest and back that'll be coming. Um yeah. that that'll that'll help you there. But yeah, man, that's that's interesting. I don't know how they're going to put together an elbow rule for the bench when there's so many different body shapes and sizes. And then yeah,
2: and same with the sumo rule. Like if if you imagine if they come up with a rule, say, you can, I, I've heard the the justification for it is to protect lifters' toes. So you know how some people stand <laughs> all the way yeah. out when they lower the bar. There's potential to catch your toes. Yeah. Um, so they're like speculation, it might become you have to have your shins or maybe your feet just around where the rings are. Um, have you seen yeah.
0: anyone ever drop it on their toes in sumo? I don't think I've ever seen someone drop it on their toes.
2: Uh, I've heard of it happening. Like I've spoken to people who have had it happen, but it's all they always blame themselves. It's not like a, um, you know, like, oh, I just wasn't, it's just like any mistake. I wasn't concentrating and I just messed up. Yeah. Um, it's not like, a, yeah, the bar's not, like the rules are causing me to hurt myself every time. Sort of thing, so <laughs> So they're, just trying,
0: to, they're just trying to but isn't that what happens when sports go to the Olympics, right? Sports get watered down. And mm. they water them down. I don't know why. I don't know why they do it. Like for example karate became well, not karate <laughs> at the Olympics as, as Mona will know. But they they water down sports to the point where okay, you can't even touch an opponent's head, nothing in in karate there. They're, they're doing the same with palafin, they're watering that down. You can't do this, you can't do that. It's a it's an no, interesting think, th- thing they I do. I
1: think it has to do like what i've heard like in the ioc meetings and stuff like that they what they do a lot of it in um to almost like just bring people together in the olympic spirit and it's about having everyone compete together instead of having everyone like trying to kill each other um so i think Dem- when, if they have to <laughs> attack each no other sense. into like oblivion um that's not yeah, that's not for the – it's not going to be good for the Olympic spirit and it's not going to –
0: Olympic spirit, a.k.a. just lining the pockets.
1: <laughs>
2: Allegedly. <laughs> but we are going to see boxing. They're going to ban headshots on boxing next.
1: Yeah, well oh, – well, well, they, well, they might never really... be in the Olympics. Yeah, they might oh, not be in the Olympics. Weightlifting and it's weightlifting boxing. and boxing that are the two threatened sports at the moment that oh, yeah. will most probably be out. Um, Hopefully not. Um, but I mean, even with boxing and Olympics, I mean, you are required to wear headgear if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yes. where like in professional boxing, it's, yeah, it's what But that. that headgear so, actually
0: does, it, it does anything for reducing the risk of concussion. Yeah. Well, Might even heighten just, your risk of concussion.
1: Yeah. It just so stops
2: cuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, say, it's um, just the...
2: There's a podcast people can check out to hear about that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> If you
0: search Gary Turner on on uh, YouTube, you'll probably find it. It's relatively good one. Yeah, I actually need to. I need get talk to him again, get some more infos on that. But yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> boxing. Yeah, I mean that like two <clears throat> two of the original boxing was one of the original on sports as well, right? Boxing the, and a weightlifting. Weightlifting. They're just like no, kind of slowly boxing. just just phasing them out, phasing them out, bringing in surfing, was golf. wrestling, is still on, on there, right?
2: Yeah. But
0: they were threatening wrestling too, right? or yeah, was out a for stage. It
2: before, Yeah, yeah. Did you say they're bringing in esports to it?
1: No, there's been well, there's been talks. There's been talks. They haven't obviously. And and the, the the easiest way to see or the best way to see if it's becoming more reality is looking at what they're putting for the Youth Olympics. Um, and I think the Youth Olympics is often the year before the normal Senior Olympics. Um, and that's where we saw things like your rock climbing and your, your break, break dancing. dancing break, rock quite... climbing
0: is pretty sweet, though.
1: Yeah, that that was really nice to see. Um, that was something totally different. Um, but, yeah, probably next they're going to bring in, like, skipping um, with a skipping rope or, <laughs> skipping. you know. Yeah. Well, they got, I,
0: they got break dancing and all sorts. But, I mean, I I I for sure, I'm betting 99% esports will be in the Olympics at some point in the near future. Like the money there, they will not turn down that money.
1: It's the saddest thing ever.
0: (laughs) Have you seen the attendance and how many people watch some of those eSports finals? They fill sports stadiums. They have more people watching than I think it was at the Super Bowl at one point for some of them. Like crazy numbers and the amount of money they must pull in. It's just... I know
2: like uh, this year, uh, there's a new version of Street Fighter. and So this is not in the Olympics, but they're doing like a world champs for it first yeah. place gets a million bucks and like there's someone involved in strongman i'm like what is going on like, <laughs> wow. first place first place to be the world's strongest man you get 70, 70 us dollars <sighs> first place yeah. in like the street fighter tournament you get a million us dollars and like imagine yeah if you compare like the the stress that your body goes through between the two that's pretty funny but yeah they they draw in like a massive audience for it so I guess that's how they make money off of it. So have you started training for it? I have Street Fighter 6, (laughs) and I have lost many games. I do not think (laughs) I'll be going anywhere in here.
1: Maybe we should start.
2: Maybe we should start (laughs) start
0: Street Fighter.
1: Yeah.
2: You'll be – you basically – I think to have a chance at winning that, because it's so, like, physically easy, you're up against people who just play it almost, like, 24-7. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like – because you, you don't have to, like, you know... If you're lifting weights or weightlifting or whatever, you need to sleep right, uh, eat right. And I'm sure they do that for the game as well. But I feel like it wouldn't... Like, if you could play an extra eight hours over someone else, I'm sure that's going to be more of an advantage to, like... Oh, yeah. ...over getting your protein in on time or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All but the fucking they... nerds
0: are smashing it.
1: But, but um, don't they have also... <laughs> Because I know doping's also a thing in esports. Yep. Like, isn't
0: yeah? There's been people that have got... been caught for doping. Also, yeah, um, yeah I was
1: say also gambling, testing. Yeah.
2: Also, uh, match fixing. Really? So it's uh, yeah. that's so funny. What drugs are they taking in esports? Like concentration, Nootropics, or... um, Yeah, 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 man, or brain so supplements. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty.
0: Well, I mean, think of the money on the line.
1: I mean, yeah, they're playing I mean, for millions,
0: yeah. you know, in those tournaments. So do they
2: get Do they get tested? They must do. They must yeah. yeah, well, if, if
1: if they get tested positive, then I'm sure they must. And it's probably at some of like the World Esport Games or something that you're. Well, you depends on the
0: each game has its own like league, <laughs> as this, and then they they all stay in the same house for like training camps and stuff, and they have like coach. I'm pretty sure a lot of them have like nutritionists now. Strength conditioning co- coaching has somewhat broken into the space, so there's like esports. Yeah strength conditioning coaches now <clears throat> so they can do their physical training you know like as part of their day schedule and then they go play their you know whatever it is their tactics shit on their <clears throat> while they're training and then into those into those big events but yeah th- there's been guys that have been popped for match fixing because <clears throat> um, sure. sport, um sports betting on esports is pretty big too it's a relatively cool. uh it's a relatively big thing. So if you're playing it I guess you can literally just fix matches and make some extra yeah, cash it'd be
2: pretty easy to make it look real as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's just literally playing a game, but, uh, why can't we, why can't we bid on strongman?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. There's a lot of things with strongman that need to need to come up. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, just to go back a little bit to the biceps, there was a question I wanted to ask you guys yep. because um, the most popular, like whenever I talk to people, it's Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger's chest and biceps they're after. Yep. Arnold was a big fan of cheat curls and concentration curls. They're yep. two exercises that I personally don't really, I don't really have anything against concentration curls. Curl I don't do yeah, I was gonna ask, do you guys use either of those? Because they seem no. quite popular still.
0: No, I don't do either. I can't. What the thing is, most of the time I don't want to train one biceps at a time. It takes a while. I don't want though. to do one arm at a time. Like if I am gonna do biceps, I'll do both because I don't want to sit there having to do ten on one arm and then ten on the other arm. It's such a pain in the ass. So that one, I won't do that. So I don't feel like the concentration curl gives me anything extra over something like a preacher curl or whatever else. So I don't bother with that. And then the cheek curl is like. <clears throat> I just don't do the cheat kill. I just keep it strict and maybe you have a little bit of body English in your last couple of reps, maybe, but to go out and deliberately try and load, I mean,
2: yeah, the risk of bicep tear as well is pretty high. Have you seen uh, those influence guys, influencers, who did the tandem bicep curl? Yeah, do
0: my Callum Von Moger.
2: And what did he tear, both biceps? One None of them.
0: Him and Chris Bumstead, they tried to cheat curl 180 kilos. And then he tore but that, that ended his career. Yeah. Callum, that Callum I mean he was he was the next Arnold, right? Because he kinda of looked like Arnold and had a similar physique. And then he did that,
2: what, five years ago or something? <clears throat> and mm. not worth it, guys. <laughs> Don't do cheat kills no. Even though that's an <laughs> extreme, you extreme, watch that?
1: that's It was an on extreme a documentary too, Yeah, there's right? a
2: documentary
0: on Netflix. Oh no, it's on Amazon, I think. Uh with him and kind of the what he went through afterwards and stuff, but I see now he's just come, he's just made a comeback to YouTube, I think last week. Um, Oh, detailing whatever he's doing. But yeah, man, like, tore his bicep and that was that, which is pretty nuts to think. Like, when you have such a, you know, a good road ahead of you, you just do something like that and it's gone. But yeah, Mm -hmm. that's pretty nuts. But. I think we'll wrap that one up there remember down in the description there'll be a link to the lift big Eat big underground private community all the training programs all calm strongman programs all mona's weightlifting programs plus all the lift big, Eat big strength and size programs pump dragon flanks method the mule we have leg specializations we're adding more and more programs every the single glute month
1: specialization.
0: So, oh yeah the glute specialization that mona is currently doing that is going to be in there very soon too so make sure you check all those out but please like subscribe share everything like that and we will see you next week